Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan Adams, and on today's show, we have Clint Arthur. Today's show, we go deep into the topic of becoming a celebrity through live TV. Clint has mastered this. He has been over on over 64 TV networks, including he's been on the Today Show. This guy is all over the place, even been on Entrepreneur on Fire, the famous podcast show. And now he has come on the University of Young Entrepreneurs podcast show. I'm very honored to have him. It's a great show. We talk about everything that has to do with becoming a celebrity, what it takes to actually get on TV, get on live TV and get on for free, not paying people. He talks about what it takes to become a great public speaker and how TV can really help with that. And also, he even goes into detail about how he's become a number one bestseller. He goes over what techniques to use to build brand awareness with your book and become the number one bestseller. And then we go into detail about crowdfunding as well. He talks about what he's learned from the top crowdfunding campaigns in history, even the Pebble Watch, which he has a book that he's wrote. He actually wrote the book, Kickstarter Superstars, Success Secrets and Strategies Revealed. So there's a lot of great stuff in today's show. You're not going to miss it. Uh, I mean, I can't emphasize enough. I mean, he shows you that anybody can become a celebrity. He says it's easier to become a celebrity than it is to create a unique product on the market. So becoming a celebrity is the easiest way for you to become the most successful there is. So before we get started, I want to let you guys know about the course coming up called Lightbulb to Launch. This course starts July 1st. I've been working on this course for a long time now. It is honestly something anybody with an idea needs to take. If you have that moment, that light bulb moment where you come up with this idea, that aha moment, or you have this great idea and you think it is the next million dollar product, well, this course is for you. What this course goes through, it's a four-week process where I show you how to turn your idea into reality. We're talking about idea in your head, going through the ideas, ideation stage, going through the actual, if you're going to get a patent or trademark, and then what it takes to develop into prototyping and an actual tangible product. And then to end it off, what I do is I show you how to get the money you need through crowdfunding. I've done a successful crowdfunding campaign myself. I show you the tactics I've used and the tips I've learned from the best in the industry. So Lightbulb to Launch, great course. You're going to want to check it out. And Clint was so impressed with this, him himself, by interviewing all the crowdfunding uh, superstars out there with his book. He said he'll offer the special offer for this show only. For the listeners here that do purchase a course, you go to www.brandontadams.com slash Arthur. For anybody that purchases the course that's listening to this podcast show right now, they will get his book for free. 
Kickstarter Superstars, Success Secrets, and Strategies Revealed by Clint Arthur. It's a great opportunity. If you don't have an idea and you have a friend that does, let them know. You'll do them a great favor because honestly, this course will save them lots of money, lots of time, and they're not going to regret it. There's a lot to offer here. There's been years in the making for this, and I'm so excited to bring it to the public. So check it out. Like I said, again, light bulb the launch. That's www.brandontadams.com slash Clint Arthur. So let's jump into today's show. You're going to get a lot of awesome stuff from this. Tune in throughout the whole show. There's stuff all the way to the end. So let's hear from Clint Arthur on how to become a celebrity through live TV. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brandon Adams, and on today's show, we have a special guest. We have Clint Arthur. Clint, how are you doing, my man? Donald Trump would be pleased with how I'm doing, and you should be pleased with how I'm doing. I'm doing awesome. I'm feeling on top of the world. I just got done meeting with the mayor of Los Angeles and his right-hand man for real estate and... Uh, it's a beautiful day, and I'm really excited to talk to your audience because, man, I you know, when I was coming out of college, I had the world by the balls, man. I graduated from the Wharton Business School with a 4.0 GPA. Wow. And, and I watched it all go away. <laughs> I watched it all fade away to the point where uh, 13 years later, I'd been driving a taxi for six years. That's how bad I screwed up everything. And a taxi. You were I, a taxi driver. I was a taxi driver for six years in Los Angeles, California. And on New Year's Eve of the millennium, while everybody was partying, I was driving a taxi. And even though I was hanging out with hundreds of people that night, I felt like I was all alone because I was taking them to their parties and saying, where to, sir? And even though I made more money that night than I would normally make in a whole week of driving a cab... 513 bucks in one night, I still felt like I was the biggest loser in the world because my fraternity brothers from Wharton, who were my pledges, I had a pledge, I was the pledge master, and one of my pledges was already a director at Goldman Sachs on Wall Street making millions, and I was a cab driver. And I'll tell you why, man, I will tell you why, because I violated the number one rule of successful entrepreneurship. What is that? I had no idea what that was. I had no idea and I see it very, very clearly. You must be somebody special and unique in the eyes of your customer or prospects. And if you're not unique and special, seemingly more important and better than your competition, you are not going to be a happy entrepreneur. You're going to be struggling and you're going to be scraping by, you're going to be watching the celebrities eating your lunch all day long while you're scraping by on top ramen. And that's exactly what I did all those years. And, you know, it's magnified in the entertainment industry. I was trying to be a screenwriter and a movie star and a oh, producer. Wow. Yeah. 
You know, I, I, I wanted to be like Spike Lee. I wanted to be the next Spike Lee. He was my idol. And man, I drove a taxi for six years, okay? So what we're gonna talk about today really matters because it's, it's not so difficult to create the perception. I'm not saying you're gonna be Tom Cruise. I'm not saying you're gonna be Brad Pitt. I'm not saying you're gonna be Robert Kiyosaki, Donald Trump, or Tim Ferriss. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that in the environment that you're competing, you must seem to be more important and special, if not something of a celebrity, in order for you to have a fighting chance in all the competition that's going on out there in the world. And it's just getting fiercer and fiercer every single day as the global economy opens up and every single thing you do is being competed for against the world. What we're gonna talk about in this interview today becomes more and more important every day. So let me, let me ask you this. What, did you, what epiphany did you have as you're in this taxi cab? What made you think, okay, Clint, I need to get my shit together and I need to just make change. I mean, were you just seeing everything around you and you saw this is the year I'm going to change it all? It, it really did come down to the fact that I went home that night after, after driving around and making $513. I went home, counted up the money, and then I crawled into bed on my little boat that I was living on in Marina del Rey because this was the cheapest way to survive in LA. $282 a month all in including parking but there's no electricity, running water, toilet facilities on the boat. I'm basically camping out on a little boat. I crawl into the bunk under my heavy down comforter wearing all my clothes because it's freezing in the boat in the middle of winter and I tried to read by, re I tried to calm down by reading my favorite book. That book was Angela's Ashes. Let me show you the actual book. It's right here on my shelf. This is the book. You ever read this book, Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt? I need to. It's the most beautiful piece of prose in the English language. And I have all these articles in the back here, like all these articles that I cut out about this book because this – I'm laying there in the bunk and I'm reading the book by the light of a flashlight. And I get distracted by my breath because it's condensing in the night air. And I start thinking about how the hell did this happen to me? I was supposed to be a great writer, like my creative writing teacher in high school who wrote this book and won the Pulitzer Prize for this freaking book about his impoverished childhood in Ireland. And they made it into a huge motion picture by a major Hollywood studio director, a major deal. That inspired me to be a writer. Then I go to Wharton. Donald Trump releases his book, The Art of the Deal. It inspires me to want to be a rich, famous writer. Then I see Spike Lee, she's got to have it, and I'm like, that's it. I want to be a screenwriter, movie star, producer. I can do it. And that night on the boat, man, I started crying my eyes out because I was yeah. terrified that I had blown every chance that I had created as a young kid, all the advantages that I had created for myself. I blew it on this on this dream which I made you know I, I tried everything and I made no progress man I would take two steps forward I would take one step forward and get two steps back, two steps back. every time because unless you are somebody you are nobody certainly in Hollywood but in the rest of business too and so that night I swore an oath to myself that I was going to do everything I possibly could to change who I was and how I was showing up in this world the first thing I did was I said I'm not writing anymore Fuck this. I burned all the screenplays and books. I wrote 30 screenplays and 11 wow. books. Set them on fire. Crazy. Yeah. 
I said, it's not worth it. This is what being a writer has done to me, put me behind the wheel of a cab. I was terrified I'd be driving a cab forever. I started taking all kinds of personal development and self-help and transformation courses. I walked on fire with Tony Robbins. I did Toltec wisdom studies with Don Miguel Ruiz, the author of The Four Agreements, himself. I did men's nice. house circles and ceremonies. I did everything you could possibly imagine to change who I was. And it sure worked, man. Slowly I started changing and as, I, as the inner me changed, so did the outer reality of my world. I got out of taxi driving, I got into the gourmet food business and uh, started making money. Five star and, butter? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, man, making money was a nice change of pace. And of course, naturally, once I started making money, then I meet a beautiful woman and she believed in me more than I believed in myself. Luckily, she was uh, you know, a, a person from a good background and someone who I could really build a life with. Exactly. And she inspired me to get into real estate. She said, we should get in real estate. I said, I don't know anything about real estate, but I'll learn. I bought Rich Dad Poor Dad. I bought Carlton Sheets. I studied. Pretty soon I was in escrow on a house. Throughout the 2000s, the early 2000s, I was making money in butter and in real estate, building and selling houses and making a lot of money. I, I became quite fat and happy. In fact, I, I was obese technically and I didn't even realize it until a year and a half later after I, I lost weight, but come to about September 2008 and I'm at a self-help campfire with the men's team of, that I belong to and the shaman points at me through the yellow and orange crackling flames of the fire and he goes, you don't know it yet, but you're already dead. I said, what are you talking about, man? I'm the most successful guy on this team. Eight years ago, I was driving a cab. Now I'm a millionaire. I was living in a little boat. Now I live in a mansion. What are you talking about? He goes, you're already dead. You just don't know it. And I was like, what? What is that guy talking about? And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night mumbling out of a sound sleep. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. What does it mean? Jeez. I'm already dead. I'm not even joking, man. And it came to be New Year's Day 2009. I pulled out a pen and a pad of paper to write down my goals for the year. A great habit. What, what do you want to do that year? And that year I was inspired by what the shaman said at the campfire and I asked myself a question that changed everything. You know, Tony Robbins says, you want a better life, ask better questions. This question was the best one of all time. If this was going to be the last year of my life, what would I want to accomplish? That was the question I asked myself. And I was surprised as hell when the first thing I wrote down was, I would want to write my book about what I learned at the Wharton Business School that helped me to become a successful entrepreneur once I gave up on trying to be a writer. And I, I did a bunch of other things. I built a factory for my butter company that year that allowed us to thrive during the Great Recession. Dude, when the recession ended, I was sad. When they said it's no longer the recession, wow. I was like, fuck, man, now everybody's going to be doing well, yeah. not just me. I was yeah. killing it, man. I was thriving. I lost the weight that year, and the only problem I had, and I wrote my book, What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School, and the only problem I had was that by the end of 2009, I had only sold eight copies of that book, and I was like, what? How, what? Eight copies? Eight copies of What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School. Fuck. So I talked to Jack Canfield. Great guy. And, right? The guy has sold more books than anybody. 500 million copies of Chicken Soup with the Soul. And I said, how do you sell books? He goes, you got to go on media. TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, everything you can do. There were no podcasts yet in those yeah. days. 
And I said, all right, cool. So I call up a publicist in New York and I said, get me on the Today Show. I got money. I don't care what it's going to cost. And she laughed at me. She goes, Clint, they're never going to put you on the Today Show. You're a middle-aged guy nobody's ever heard of. You got a self-published book nobody's ever bought. No TV experience. You're not famous. You're not a politician. They're never going to put you on the Today Show. You got to go on local TV. I said, okay, great. I'm a native New Yorker. Get me on Good Day New York or any New York show so I could share with my native New York brothers and sisters about what I learned at the best business school in the world. And when she stopped laughing at me the second time, she goes, Clint, I think I've really figured you out. You're not really a business author. You're a comedian. Because that's the second hysterically funny thing you've said to me in 30 seconds. They're never going to put you on Fox New York. That's like national TV. You got to go on local shows. You're a middle-aged guy nobody's ever heard of. You got a self-published book nobody's ever bought. No TV experience. It wow. never happened. You got to go to little cities. I go, what do you mean? Like Salt Lake City? She goes, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I said, all right, let's see you get me on in Salt Lake City. She goes, I will, and it's only going to cost you 1500 bucks to book you on Salt Lake City TV Screw or any, any small town TV outside of the top 10 markets. I said, I don't care. I'll pay. Next thing I know, I get an email from her that says, congratulations, you're booked on TV in Salt Lake City. We need your credit card number for the 1500 bucks." And I was like looking at the email and I'm thinking, are they really going to put me on TV in Salt Lake City? Why would they do that? I'm a middle-aged guy nobody's ever heard of. I got a self-published book nobody's ever bought. No TV experience. Are they really going to do it? They did it. And I went there to show them how awesome I would be. I thought for sure I would be on the Today Show the next day. And yeah. I, I actually sucked. And it's a lucky thing I wasn't on the Today Show because I would have sucked worse knowing what I know now. Now tell me, why did you suck? I, because, you know, people think when you go on TV, people think, well, I've watched a lot of TV. How hard can it be? Exactly. Well, right? It's not. I know so what it's like. It's yeah. not so easy to go on TV. There's a lot of moving parts. It's, I mean, just an, an audio podcast is so much. An audio podcast is probably uh, a radio interview or an audio interview is probably a hundred times easier than going on TV. So much easier. Right? Yeah. I, you have to look good. You have to have good energy you have to wear impromptu right you have to react it's a lot harder to do video than it is to do just audio and so i sucked on the first one i called back the publicist i said get me three more so i ended up spending six thousand dollars on my first four tv appearances and they all sucked and i'm sitting there with my wife looking at the videos one day and i said honey if i'm ever going to make it to the today show i need to do a lot more tv and she goes yeah you do because you suck <laughs> I said, All right, I'm going to call the publicist and I'm going to have her book me on 10 more shows. She goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you have to keep paying this lady? Why don't you just book yourself on TV? Now, I don't know if you've ever done it. Have you ever tried to book yeah. yourself on TV? I, I've been on TV probably five times. I've never paid a dime, but I, I have a little different circumstance. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So I'm trying to promote my book, right? So this is usually what it goes like. when In the beginning, I would... I would call, it says, you've reached WXYZ Newsroom. For breaking news, press one. For news tips and story ideas, press two, right? Yeah. If you press one, then the news editor, the news desk assignment editor picks up and he goes, what's your breaking news? And I go, uh, I'm the author of this book called What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School. And he goes, don't call us, we'll call you, right? That's how it goes. And if you press two, then you leave a voicemail message which never gets returned. 
So how do you get to press one and what do you say when you press one? This took me months to figure out. How am I going to promote my book about the timeless wisdom of the Wharton Business School in a breaking news situation because that's really all they're interested in. And it took me months to figure it out and in a whole year of calling and trying to book myself, I booked myself on a total of seven shows. But that saved me over $10,000 if I had been paying the publicist. In my second year, I really got good. I booked 20 appearances wow. for all different topics and all different books. And I started, you know, it was like a floodgate open. I've published more than 20 books since 2009 because I figured out it's not just writing and publishing the books. You have to be able to promote these books too. And now I'm able to promote them because in, in the past – Four years, I've booked myself on 64 television appearances, wow. including NBC New York, which was my 30-second TV appearance, which I booked before I even wrote the book. All I had was the book cover, and I booked myself on NBC New York. And then the Today Show finally called me. In 2013, I got a call the last week of December, and I was interviewed by Brooke Shields and Willie Geist. And Willie Geist goes, so Clint, you have a good idea. You ask yourself a question on New Year's Eve. What's that question? And I said, if this was going to be the last year of your life, what would you want to accomplish? I like it. I like it, man. Ah, it was like that question changed everything. I told you. And if you're smart, if you're a kid right now watching this broadcast, if you're smart, you're going to ask yourself that question. I know when you're 20, 22, 30 35, you feel like you got the rest of your life, you're never going to die. Hey man, Bo Biden, one of my fraternity brothers who was four years younger than me, he was a freshman when I was a senior, Bo Biden just died at 46 years old from brain cancer. Wow. It just happened yesterday, right? Or the day before. I'm telling you guys, it can happen at any time for any, for any of us. So make sure that you live as if you don't have all the time in Amen the world. Amen to that. You have to, short. Live, you have to live as if it's urgent. That's the key. And you have to not be what's so great when you live as if you're going to die, if you're living the last year of your life. And I have a whole book about the last year of your life. It's on Amazon. It's one of my 20 books. And when you're living as if it's the last year of your life, you break through the fear, the procrastination, and the doubt that are going to hold you back and waste years and years and years of your life. And then there's one more thing I really got to say that is so key to young entrepreneurs, and that is partying and smoking pot and drinking alcohol. All right, now look, drinking alcohol, I get it. I Believe me, I've drank more alcohol than probably you'll ever drink in your whole life, man. I, I don't care what you do. <laughs> I don't right. know about that one, but... Okay, look, I, 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 when I joined the fraternity, I went up to the pledge, ma pledge master when I was pledging. And I, I went up to the rush chairman. I said, what's your advice for a young man who wants to be a brother in this house, sir? And he goes, drink heavily. That's what he said. <laughs> drink heavily. <laughs> nice. Oh. So I did. So I did. Believe me, I drank a lot. And I have, you know, around that same time, when I asked myself that question, December, it was, uh, it was the, the end of that year, 2009. It was December 14, 2009. I went to try to lose weight and I went to this place called Optimum Health Institute and one of the rules of Optimum Health Institute is no drinking, no drugs and I stopped drinking and I stopped smoking pot. Well, after it was all over, 
I went back to smoking pot. Uh, I'm sorry, I went back to drinking alcohol, but I stopped smoking pot. So I haven't smoked yeah. pot since December 14, 2009. And I got to tell you, man, it is the best thing that I've ever done. That's good, I think, man. I think that, uh, unfortunately, smoking marijuana, they say it's not addictive. That's bullshit. Smoking marijuana is addictive. And it, it builds up this little subtle level of paranoia and doubt and insecurity in a person's mind. My number one piece of advice after becoming somebody special is don't impair your abilities with drugs or alcohol because I, I stopped drinking alcohol about a year and a half ago. So now I'm completely sober and it's, it's wow. freaking awesome, man. And I, I wish I had never smoked pot. I really do. Just say no. Just say yeah. no. Really. Really I, just I, say no. I, I can see I relate a lot with you because in college – I did the same thing. I mean, drugs, alcohol, everything else. But you learn from them experiences and you get your shit together and you have that moment where you ask yourself, what it is that I want to accomplish in life? What do I want to do, make an effect on lives of others when I leave here? And that's how I put things in life and how I say in the show too. So I want to go back and you were talking about when you're on the phone and you're trying to get booked on TV what it is that you learned to say to get that appearance on the show for free. Okay, first of all, you have to speak to the decision maker. You cannot talk to the people who are there to screen you out. The only person you want to talk to is the producer who books the guests. That's the number one thing. If you're speaking to anybody else, you're wasting everybody's time, including your own. So you have to get to the producer who books the guests. Then when you get the producer who books the guests, you've got to pitch them in a way that lets them know that you know what you're talking about. So the number one, there, there's, I have created a formula for how to get on TV anytime you want for free. And the formula. Let's, let's hear this formula. Well, I'll show you the formula. I'm going to write it for you. Okay, so here's the formula right there. H to the X plus C to the X plus P plus D plus T A slash F equals TV. Okay. All right, now we'll go through it. Now we'll go through it quickly. H to the X means hooks. You got to have hooks that hook in the viewer or the listener. So in this case, we're talking about local TV. You got to start on local TV. You don't want to go on the Today Show first. If I had been on the Today Show first, I probably would have wet my pants. Because I know how much pressure it is. I've been there. There's a thousand lights in the ceiling of that studio. There were nine cameras in the studio. Wow. And there's Brooke Shields sitting in front of me and Willie Guy right next to her. Okay? And then there's hundreds of people outside looking in through the windows watching. That's not where you want to start. You need to start in small little studios like I did, like Salt Lake City or Biloxi, Mississippi. So H to the X is hooks. The most important hook in local TV is the local hook. Why are they putting you on TV in Salt Lake City or Des Moines, Iowa? Why? It has to relate to the audience. It's all about relevance. Trending. You could be, be selling diamonds. You could have a briefcase full of diamonds. But if you're in the middle of the Sahara Desert and you come across a guy who's parched of thirst, he's not interested in diamonds. He would trade the whole briefcase of diamonds for a bottle of water. 
because that's what's relevant and you need to figure out what's going to be relevant and the, the cheapest, fastest, easiest way to be relevant is to make it local to Salt Lake City or Des Moines, Iowa or whatever city it is. That's the number one mandate of local TV. There's other hooks like the timely hook. It has to be timely. Like we just talked about Bo Biden. That's, a, that's an example of a timely hook that I've inserted into this into this interview. Next, C to the X equals celebrities. Notice I started out our whole conversation talking about Donald Trump and Robert Kiyosaki and Tim Ferriss. These are all celebrities that the viewers of this podcast can relate to, okay? And are interested in, and that makes it more relevant. And by the way, this formula that I created, this is not just a formula for how to get on TV. This is a formula for how to give an interesting presentation anytime. Next is P. Props. Notice I got this book. This is a prop. This is the real book. It's an artifact from my life. I got this book and I used it in our presentation as a prop to make this whole presentation more interesting and dynamic. Okay. D, demonstrations. Well, uh, let me show you a great demonstration and, and let me show you another great prop. Here is another great prop. Right? $100 bill. You got everyday, my attention. Everyday items are fantastic props. Here's how you do a demonstration. You take the prop and you interact with it. That's a great demonstration, see? <laughs> I like that one. I like that. That's a good one. Now that gets your attention. Right? Okay, that's a demonstration. TV is about action and showing how things work. And you're going to you want to be telling this producer how what you're going to be doing to on their 4 minutes of TV time that's going to use all of these elements and then the TA slash F that's a takeaway or a formula here's the takeaway here's the formula you want to get on TV use this formula and they can't resist it I love it you know I love it the hundred dollar bill thing I, I'm going to probably have to use that I'm going to take that from me I'll give you credit for it but oh thank you I, I might have to use that next time I'm on TV I, I wouldn't be surprised if you did, man. It's a genius demonstration that I do right there. And then when you're done, you tape up the $100 bill and take it to and a bank and trade it in. <laughs> okay, so that's some great stuff. And I, after seeing you actually speak about that, that makes sense. Because anytime I've got on TV, it's been relating my story to what the audience wants to hear. For example, I got on USA Today. What did I do? I was going on Shark Tank casting call. I talked about Shark Tank. Who in this world doesn't know about Shark Tank right now? It's trending. People know about it. Anything with Shark Tank, it's hot. Yeah. So for listeners out there, whatever it is your story is, try to make it relate to something trending and relate to what's hot in that time. And you have a much better chance to get on the show. Because a lot of people are like, it's me. It's about me. I want to sell my book. I want to sell this. Well, no. People don't give a shit about that. They care about what their audience wants. Okay, so your Shark Tank thing is smart. It's not that it's a trending thing. I understand that you call it a trending thing. Or what that is is an example thing. of a pop cultural hook. There you go. A hook. Okay. Oh, there. That's, that's a pop cultural hook. That's a specific type of hook. And what I found is, you know, in my formula, it says H to the X. What I found is if you can put four hooks into what you want to do on the show, yep. they can't resist. I love it. I love it. I'm going to okay. try it. Well, so, okay. for example, when I booked myself on NBC New York, my hook was, the president's code predicts George Clooney will never be president, but New York Giants quarterback Eli Manning could. 
And so what I have there is the president's code predicts. What is that? That's a strange, that's, a, that's what I call a strange question hook. What is the president's code? The president's code predicts George Clooney will never be president. So we got the president's code predicts is the strange question hook. George Clooney is a celebrity hook. Uh, Eli Manning is um, the local hook. He's yeah, the New York yeah. Giants quarterback, right? And then we had the popular culture of the election. That's four hooks in wow. my hook. That's how I got booked on NBC New York. That is that mind blowing. It is. And that's why this fucking thing works like the charm, man. Because when you start stacking stuff up like that, it, like you don't think it's so complex. You think, oh, it's just a sentence, right? See how much power is in that sentence? And that's only one part of the formula. And that's why when you stack up all the pieces of the formula into one segment on a one-page PDF and you throw, one, you throw this entire lineup of formula into one page and you email that to a producer, they can't fucking resist that because it plays with their mind in ways that they don't even realize because no one has ever systematized it like that before. Nobody has systematized it. People know, you know, producers know what they want, but they don't know what they want until they see it. And that's why that stuff works. And that's why my students have booked themselves on over 1,996 TV appearances that I'm aware of, including the Today Show, Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, CNN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So tell me in detail, which is amazing, by the way. You have your own startup. And tell me, what is the name of it that you teach people to get on TV? Yeah, it's called Celebrity Launchpad. So at tell celebrity. At Tell celebrity me what you do in Celebrity Launchpad. <laughs> okay, at Celebrity Launchpad, we take you, we teach you how to make a difference and a fortune by sharing your message on television, on local TV, because that's exactly where you should be on local TV news and talk show interviews all across America. So what I do is for the, it's a small group training program. There's only 12 people in each class, and you come to my offices here on the lot in Hollywood. Uh, this is just one part of my office suite that I have here, and uh, I teach you my mathematical formula. We go into great detail about how each of the 12 different people can use the formula to book themselves on TV, and I create the segment for each person, and I've created hundreds of segments, and they all get booked. Then I teach you how to pitch, how to be great on TV, how not to look like an idiot on TV, what to wear. We come up with all the props and demonstrations, yep, yep. And all the stuff that you need. And then on day three and four of the event, I bring in my friends who are producers at ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, TV news and talk shows all across the country. And you get to pitch them one-on-one face-to-face for four minutes on Skype video. And I guarantee that at least two of my friends are going to invite you to come on their shows or else I'll return every penny of your investment plus $500. That's a win-win. It, it's... Here's well, you can't beat that because here's the little secret of it all. We've done 20 celebrity launch pads so far, and we've had 100% success. Not one single person has had to ask for a refund because really, I can over deliver on my minimum guarantee, and I do so every single time. The average person is getting booked on 8.2 television news or talk show interviews during the course of a four-day weekend. Because after you pitch them, then they get on Skype with my wife. She records their whole conversation, so and we provide you with those recordings so you can hear exactly what they think of you, whether they like you or don't like you, whether they want you or don't want you. So yeah. you know exactly who wants you on their show, and there's no 
there's no questions about it. It's complete transparency. Tell me what kind of advice. I mean, you're obviously a great speaker. I've become a very great, great public speaker. What advice can you give to somebody that hasn't, I mean, they're afraid to go on stage. I mean, everybody's been in that position before where they get nervous, they can't speak. What do you tell people to come out of their comfort zone to be able to be a great public speaker and all go right, first, on TV shows? First of all, let's start with what Elvis Presley told one of my clients who starred in a movie with him called Double Trouble. And he said to her, honey, every time I go on stage, I get them butterflies in my stomach. That just means you're alive. See? So if the king could get nervous before he went on stage, every one of us has a right to get nervous. And that's just part of being alive. Bruce Springsteen says when he stops getting butterflies before he goes on stage, he's going to quit performing. So that's part of the whole process. And it's good. You want that energy. Energy is really good. And if you can get nervous energy to give you energy, so be it. That's good. Next, uh, I would say the best thing, and this is why my new book is called Break Through Your Fear of Public Speaking on Local TV. If you want to be a great speaker, go on local TV. When I did my first, like, you know, I, I do a lot of mentoring and training with, with gurus in the industry. The first time I laid out a lot of money was for a, a speaker trainer named Jonathan Sprinkles. And I wanted to be a better speaker. So I signed up for his platinum program for $10,000. Wow. And he goes, so tell me, Clint, where do you speak? And I said, I mostly speak on TV. It's true. By that point, I had been on TV 18 times. Yep. And all my speaking was on TV. I had gotten, I had grown as a speaker by speaking on TV. It's a very unusual place to develop your skills as a speaker, but very it's a good. perfectly legitimate place to develop your skills as a speaker. You're on stage, you're performing, you're being interviewed by a professional journalist, and your words are being broadcast to audiences of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. It's a it's a very interesting place to be to learn to be a speaker and I think it's the best place because really all you have to do is have a conversation with one person and let the cameras do their jobs and then that conversation gets broadcast out all over the world. Exactly. So you, you I, pretend they're not there. I mean you act like it's a, a regular conversation just like we're doing here. That's and right. Don't let the cameras get to your head because if they do then <laughs> it's not good for you. All you got to do is have a conversation with one person and that's how you become a great speaker. And what happened with me, like I told you, I'm, I'm in the butter business. So earlier, before I got into TV, so around like 2000, 2008 or so, I did a presentation at Bellagio for 12 chefs. I was nervous speaking in front of 12 chefs. And, and they were already, most of them were already my clients. I provide all the bread and butter for Bellagio. Yeah. I was trying to bring in Omaha Steaks because Omaha Steaks is one of my fraternity brothers owns Omaha Steaks with his family. And so he sent his uncle out and his uncle and I were doing a big steak presentation, tasting for all these chefs at Bellagio. And I was nervous speaking in front of 12 chefs. A couple of years later, after doing 15, 18 TV appearances, I had a presentation for a dozen chefs who I had never met before in San Diego, and it was a piece of cake, man. A piece of cake because I had been on so many TV stations and so many interviews, and I had learned how to become comfortable about being a speaker and 
being up in front of people and taking charge of the room yeah. and making a presentation and being a leader. All of this comes out of being on TV and it's the best freaking training for everything in the world. You know, Jim Rohn, the great motivational speaker used to say, it's not the million dollars you earn, but what you become in the process of earning the million dollars. That's so great. And for me, it's not getting on the Today Show. That was so great. Although I did earn millions from being on the Today Show. Yeah. What was so great was what I became in the process of getting on the Today Show. You got to enjoy the journey because that's the, the best part, I believe. Uh, the I've been thinking about the journey a lot, you know, because the journey really is all you have. Yep. You may never get to the Today Show, so you definitely should try to enjoy the journey. However, what I'm really saying is whether you enjoy the journey or not, it's going to make you into a different person. Exactly. And when you set big goals for yourself, like getting on big TV shows like the Today Show or Shark Tank, when you set those goals for yourself – and you aspire to become more, to be more, do more, and have more, you will become more in the process, and that is where the gold is in what you become. That's great stuff, man. Hey, I want to hear about, I'm actually launching a book later this year, and you were talking before how you launched a book before you even had it wrote, you just had the cover. What techniques do you use to build brand awareness with your book and make it into the number one bestseller on the market. What do you do? Well, uh, you have to do everything if you want to have a best-selling book. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, first of all, it's not easy to get people to read or buy. And the number one thing you need to do if you want to sell books is be somebody special. Yes. You got to be somebody special. You need to be like when Tim Ferriss is launching a book. Tim Ferriss is everywhere. You see him on Dr. Oz. You see him on Huffington Post Live. You see him on blogs, on radio, on podcasts, even Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins was just launching a book. You would think if Tony Robbins launched a book, he wouldn't have to do anything. Really? How come he's everywhere? Yeah, exactly. You have to do it all, man. If you want to be serious about being a best-selling author or any kind of thought leader whatsoever, you have to start playing this media promotion game. And what, what my formula and my TV training and my TV publicity programs are all about is giving you the most power in that, the most understanding of what makes media producers book you whether it be television, radio, podcasts, or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, how to be good on those shows and then getting booked on those shows. Because what I have found is that when you have TV video clips on your media page, if a producer is considering you for their podcast or radio show or an article in the newspaper, like I've been written up in the New York Times and USA Today, and if you go to my media page on clintarthur.tv and you click on the media tab at the top, you'll see in my bio there, I have, it says Clint Arthur has been featured in the New York Times and USA Today and all these things. And when you go to my media page, you click on those links and it takes you to the actual articles in the New York Times and USA Today. And you can see how extensively I've been quoted in there. It's not like I'm just commenting on the weather. I'm talking about yeah. real topics. And unfortunately, I have a blog post on, on my blog and it talks about how people are using 
ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox logos to try to build credibility, and I believe they're actually undermining their credibility because they don't have the videos to go with those those logos. They've bought into this bullshit thing on the internet where you pay fifteen hundred bucks and they run your press release and it gets picked up on those network news sites in small towns around the country and it, you can say as seen on exactly. ABC, NBC, exactly. CBS, and Fox, but you weren't on those shows. And so what you end up happening is you have a, a prospect who shows up on your website and he looks at your media and it says as seen on ABC and he's like, well, where's the clip? I want to watch this person on TV. And you don't have any clips of you on TV. You don't have any videos. And so now the prospect is like, well, where's the, where's the video? Is this person full of shit or what? Because that's what they're really thinking, man. They're, everybody is so skeptical these days. They're they want to see credibility. They need to have proof on everything. And that leads me into the next thing. So talk about credibility. Obviously, you got a, a shitload of credibility for everything you've done. Your website's covered with it. You click on the links. Now, let's talk about the info product world. You have sold over a million dollars in info products right there. Info marketer of the year. I was just getting to that. So tell me, how did you become that? What do you do to get people to buy your stuff? I mean, you, obviously, you got to stand out. you got to have something unique. But what are the tips for selling info products online? All right, let's start with the fact that you must have something great. That's assumed. That's a basic basic. You have to have something great. Something different than anybody else. That's that's the second part. I'm just talking about the basic basic. Quality is job one, as Ford Motor says. Okay? It has to be high quality or else don't even bother. That's something straight out of my book, what they teach you at the Wharton Business School. It must be high quality or else don't bother. Now, that's a basic, basic that's given. That's not even help, going to help you with the marketing. That's just a basic of business. Now you've got that part handled. Now you have to start working on the marketing. What's the number one rule about the marketing? It must stand out. It must be unique. You must be showing up in category of one. People only buy books, videos, DVDs, CDs, information products from people who they believe are special and superior to everybody else. How do you start building that superiority? You have to start getting credibility and third-party endorsements from major media. It's really the best and fastest way. And unless you do that, you're just kidding yourself. Honestly, yeah. You want to be you want to be a major marketer or info marketer you have to start going on shows and becoming a celebrity because if you're not somebody special, that means you're nobody and if you're nobody, you're not getting the big money, period. Yeah, that, that's true and the thing we can relate with, I see you had a book on crowdfunding and I'm actually becoming the niche guy, the go-to guy in product development crowdfunding because I've had a successful campaign, I've invented a product and for my age, I've learned a lot and I have the background to show for it, the been on TV and everything else. So that is creating a unique position that is valuable, credible, and something people will buy. Now tell me, with your experience, all the interviews you had, I've traveled the country and interviewed some successful crowdfunders myself. Tell me what you've learned from them. Because crowdfunding for my age group is changing the future. It's changing how everything is being done with launching new books, creating products, funding trips, everything. What are some of the main things you learned from the people that you interviewed 
including the the Pebble Watch and all the top crowdfunding campaigns that happened out there. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll go one even further than that. I had one of my students was a very successful crowdfunder, and he crowdfunded his own series. Uh, it was called Eastsiders. Eastsiders. Yeah, he crowdfunded a web series called Eastsiders, and he raised one hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars. Impressive. Yeah, it, it was. He he got a whole a whole season on that. I'm trying to pull up his uh, segment proposal because he talked about three mistakes to avoid when you are launching a crowdfunding. Yeah, doing crowdfunding. So, uh, you know, crowdfunding, and, and then I and I have interviewed people who've who've generated more than thirteen million dollars with crowdfunding. Yeah. So for people like us, for normal people who are, who are launching projects that don't have the scope of the Pebble Watch, the thing that I've learned is that you must have an achievable goal that you can reach out to family and friends and make them fund that goal. Yes, yes. The crowdfunding is like when I was when I was trying to become a screenwriter, I, I tried to do my own version of crowdfunding. I called up all my like family and friends and tried to, to get them to like buy into a fund of my screenplays that I was writing. Yeah. All right, look, I'll, I'll give you the profits. I'm going to split up the profits 50-50 between me and all the people who buy into this fund of screenplays. It, it was a, a, a primitive form of crowdfunding. This is basically a hot way for you to go to your family and friends and get the startup capital that entrepreneurs have been getting for years. Yeah. It really is. And if you think that that, that uh, Kickstarter is going to provide you with all the funding from all the people in Kickstarter, it's you're not. kidding yourself. It's not. It, it really is just coming from people that you're going to meet or that you already know. So you know, don't think that Kickstarter is going to, is going to, it's not free money. It, you got to work for it. And yet you're right. You go to your family and friends, but it's creating. And like you said, you're talking about celebrity status. You have to create that celebrity status and you got to promote it. You got to whore yourself out on social media and spread this awareness for this campaign and work nonstop. Otherwise you're not going to get it funded. I mean, you, you have to create some sort of celebrity and action and heat around the whole thing. And you're right. What people have been using is uh, social media to make that happen. However, you know, my students, like I, I just recently had a girl who was my student. She came through my training. And unfortunately, she only made two TV appearances before a producer from Good Morning America saw her Kickstarter campaign and brought her on the Shark Tank segment of Good Morning nice. America. Nice. What'd that do to her campaign? Her campaign had already successfully funded by that point. So she was, you know, she was competing for a spot on the wall of fame. That's all they were doing in that thing right yeah. there. But you know, uh, you have to you have to create some kind of feeling like you're special and that things are really happening or else nobody wants to jump on board. That's why you need to establish a goal that you can actually hit. You need to come in and say, all right, look, when I do my Kickstarter campaign, I'm going to raise $10,000 and I'm counting on you to give me 50% of that $10,000. And I got three other people who are all each promising me 50%. So I really think yep. I'm going to get it and I need you to come through. And if you don't come through, I'm going to have to come and take a pint of blood and I'm going to be, I'm going to unfriend you for That's the rest so of my good. life. That's what you have to do, right? No, it's exactly what you have to do. It. 
if you were to give, I'm really interested with the Pebble Watch because I've interviewed the guys that redesigned the coolest cooler, and they actually got beat again by the Pebble Watch. What did they give you any insight on what their key tactics were for their campaign? Because it's more than just telling your friends and family. They obviously had months of preparation. What things? And by the way, your book is one thing I would suggest. I'm actually this Pebble Watch. That Pebble Watch, right there, my friend. So, and it's funny, like. My wife was formerly the chairman of the Producers Guild of America. They gave her one of these, right? That's awesome. It's just in a box over here on the ground. What a <laughs> worthless piece of shit that is, that product. <laughs> oh, shit. Who wants that? Really? I mean, you know, look, you and I, I we talked about, like, you know, what are, what are the products that we're going to have? Unless you have some kind of breakthrough technology. And how's an individual person, like you or I, going to have enough resources or put together a team or be part of something like the Pebble Watch. I don't know that it's ever going to happen. I mean, yeah. these, these are the aberrations. Most people are trying to fund little projects. Even my client who funded his, uh, his web series, Eastsiders, even, even he you know, was raising $100, $150,000. That's all he was trying to do to produce 12 episodes. Yeah. Of a passion project that he, you know, and he's he's a name. He was a recurring regular on Mad Men. That's awesome. So you need to have that kind. Of, look, man, let's go back to the basics. The basics are number one: you got to have a product that is unique and unlike anything else. Because if they can get it from someone else, then they will. If you can't do that, and it's hard to do that, it really is hard. If you cannot do that, then you 100% positively must be a celebrity. If you are not a celebrity, then you are in for a hard road of hot ramen, period. And how do you – here's the good news. It's easier to become a celebrity than it is to have a unique product. You want to be a celebrity? Start going on TV news and talk show interviews. Start in the littlest cities you can go to. Biloxi, Mississippi is a great place to start. San Angelo, Texas is another great place to start. Start going on these shows, stacking up the clips on your media page, stack them one on top of the other. Each one you add gets you more credibility and more celebrity and makes it easier for you to get the next TV appearance. And you got to work your way up to the biggest ones. In my office, I have a sign on the wall. It's a picture of me on NBC New York. And on the sign, it says, the marketing of what you do is 100 times more important than what you actually do. Celebrity is marketing. That's all it is. And it's the most important thing that any entrepreneur can do. If you're a young entrepreneur, if you're only going to do one thing, focus on whoing, not doing. Focus on becoming a bigger who in the eyes of your customers and prospects. That's the most important thing you can do for your whole career. I don't give a fuck what you actually do. You need to be somebody special. So basically you're saying invest in yourself and your personal brand is everything. A hundred percent. That's exactly right. You need to get to the point when you walk into meetings where people are excited to have a meeting with you because of who you are. I agree a hundred percent with you. I'm, that, I mean that's everything I do and everything I make goes right back to my brand because they remember you, then they'll buy from you and that's what it's about. They need to be excited. They need to be excited about the idea of giving you money. I love it. Last couple questions here, then I'll let you go, bud. First off, what would be your top tips that you would give 
Young entrepreneurs. Uh, become a, a bigger who. Go on TV. Become a celebrity. Write a book. Find a topic that's of, of interest to you. Write a quick book. Put it up on Kindle for free and start booking yourself on TV shows and figuring out what it is that is special and unique about you and your message and what you have to offer. Do you believe that book is, I mean, the credibility is everything with the book? I mean, it a book gives you a lot of credibility to get on TV. For some reason, TV producers think if you have a book. See, what is TV all about? I talked about re how relevant it was. Yeah. It has to be relevant to the audience. So what the TV producers are looking for and what a book gives you is a perception of some kind of relevance. If you're an author, and then get your friends and family to buy the book on Amazon for 99 cents, become a number one best-selling author on a category. It's not that hard to do. And now you're the best-selling author and now you seem to be somebody already. Now you can leverage that into getting on more TV. So you find a category and emphasize on that category and just become the, try to get the number one seller in that category? Yeah. And obviously you've mastered that game very well. That's, that's, you know, one of my students has mastered it, okay? And I recommend a lot of my students to go through her her program she charges like three thousand dollars and guarantees you that you're going to be a number one bestseller on Amazon. She's made ten of my clients into number one bestsellers on Amazon. So you know that's like a little secret resource that I reserve for my clients. Wow, I'll have to give that one a call. Yeah. Last question for you is, and you've had this asked before, but let's say this was you last year and you had one year to live. What are you going to do with it to make a huge impact on this earth and everybody else around it? What would you do? I am just going to keep going on TV shows because I honestly believe that that is the best way for any individual to leverage their time and efforts on this earth. It allows you to tap into the biggest networks of people built-in audiences. I mean, it's all about making a difference. And if you really want to make a difference and a fortune, go on TV, share your message, give back to people by giving them information that makes it easier for them to live and have a better life. Get to share that message on TV. Then you take those video clips and leverage them out through all of your marketing channels, email, Facebook, Twitter, everything that you see me doing all the time. And that's, that's what I would continue to do. I'm, I'm very fortunate. My life has evolved to the point where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, holy shit, I'm, I'm so grateful that I made the investments in the mentors that I did yeah. and yeah. learned how to be an information marketer. And I actually have something which delivers tremendous value to people mm -hmm. that I can guarantee that I've over-delivered on 100% of the time with every client who's come through the door. And, you know, my wife says we're printing money. Well, you know, not exactly, but, you know, we're doing great. Exactly. I'm really grateful about that. And, uh, you know, life is good right now. Life is really good. I was talking about it with this guy, the director of business for the mayor of Los Angeles. I'm like, you know, there's the stock market climbs a wall, a wall of worry. That's the, say, the saying. Yeah. And that's basically where we're in right now. We have this low-key, aggravating little worry that's constantly going on in the world. But yeah. life, is, life is pretty good right now. And luckily for me, I have found the key to it all, which is TV. So if you're interested in getting on TV, 
go check out ClintArthur.tv. That's Clint like Clint Eastwood, Arthur like the king, A-R-T-H-U-R, .tv like I am looking forward to seeing you on television. Nice. What about Twitter? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else? It's all there on the website. It's all on the website, my friend. Any last thoughts for that kid in college that's looking for something to achieve in life? Any last thoughts to give him? You need to be somebody special, bro. Hey, I love it, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. In the meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan Adams. Have a great day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show with Clint Arthur. I had a lot of fun with Clint. He had a lot of great advice. He seriously, the advice he gave about how to get on TV for free was priceless. I'm even going to his course next week. After seeing this, I'm like, I got to see what else he's got to offer. I'm heading out to Hollywood next week to attend his celebrity launch pad. I'm so excited. I think it's going to be a great jump in my business. I've been on TV before, but I thought I knew my stuff. And then after interviewing Clint, man, I got to learn from the best. So I'm going to be doing a road trip out there. I'll do a podcast as well throughout my journey. And you guys can check out my journey, everything going on. Just follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, you name it, I'm there. But check it out. And also, go check out my notes at BrandonTAdams.com. I have a video of us. We actually did a Skype interview. And you can see us. And he gives his formula. He writes out. He has a lot of props. It's a lot of visuals. You're not going to miss that. Check that show out again. Second time around, you're probably going to get a lot more out of it as well. So check out my notes. Get all the extra content there, everything on the show. And also, like I said before, I got the course, Light Bulb to Launch. This has been three to four years in the making, a lot of heartache, time, money, effort. I've developed my product, the Arctic Stick. I've learned a lot over the years, and I've met the, the best in the industry. And what I'm here to do is to help you take your product to the next level and get the money you need through crowdfunding. And if you don't have an idea, I mean, you can still check it out. It's a great course. And if not, tell your friends about it because it is the best gift you could give to somebody, giving them what they need to follow through with their dreams and launch their product in the market. So check that out, brennantadams.com slash Arthur. He purchased a course. Only the listeners here that are listening to this show, if they go to that site and purchase a course, hey, Clint's going to give you his free book. What more could you want? So a lot of great stuff there. I appreciate it if you guys check it out. And uh, thanks for listening. I love your support, everything. It's been great. I love my audience. Hey, in iTunes, give us a five-star. We're doing awesome. We're building a movement here. Something that is going to change the world. So I thank you for it. We do this together. Without you, I'm nothing. So that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. And you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan Adams. Have a great day, everybody.